Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Elon Musk didn't really like how Twitter was running, so he bought it. But what does that mean for Twitter and its users? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to discuss this is CNET social media reporter, Queenie Wong. Welcome, Queenie. Thank you for having me. Uh, it never ends for you. I know, uh, you know we've, we've got Elon Musk now coming to an agreement with Twitter's board to acquire the company. Uh, break down the terms of the deal. So it basically is the deal that Elon had put on the table um, before it seemed like Twitter was going to fight it, which is that he would pay uh, $54.20, which, you know, initially people thought was a joke because it's a marijuana reference um, (laughs) for each share of uh, um, Twitter. And that values the company at $44 billion. Um, There's still a lot of unanswered, unanswered questions after the deal. But the sense was that, you know, his offer was being taken more seriously because he had filed, you know, something with the SEC that said, this is how I'm going to finance the deal. Um, and so after that, I guess the board thought, okay, maybe he does actually have the money to sort of back this up. Yeah. And it's, it's important to note that, I mean, that's a premium to what Twitter was trading at, although I think Twitter was valued at a higher level previously. Right. Uh, they, go ahead. Yeah. They said it was a 38% premium over the price of the stock on April 1st when Elon had purchased or revealed he had purchased a 9% stake in the company. So stockholders will definitely be making you know, money from this. And when does the deal close? So the press release said that the deal closed this year, but the sense is that it's probably going to close in six months. Um, so and it also needs shareholder approval. So once that happens, um, things are going to be more finalized. Uh, you just never know um, with Elon Musk. Um, so I would say just hold on until it actually is is super final. And now Musk has been an outspoken critic of Twitter, uh, even even as he is among the most prolific users. What changes are you expecting from Elon Musk? So Elon has uh, tweeted and he's also given some public remarks in a TED talk about things that he wants to change at Twitter. Um, when the, re- the reasoning behind why he purchased Twitter is that he thinks that Twitter is now the de facto public town square and we need to safeguard free speech. I mean, the First Amendment um, applies to governments censoring speech, but it doesn't apply to companies like Twitter. But his definition of free speech is that people should be able to say things that other people don't like, and it's still it's still there, um, which is kind of an interesting uh, description. And so, what does that sort of mean in practice? Is you know, something like a permanent ban, which is what Twitter did with uh, 
Donald Trump's account. Those would be very rare. Um, he said timeouts are better. Um, and if there is a sort of gray area with whether or not a tweet should be left up or taken down, which happens a lot, actually, because content moderation is a very nuanced issue um, that when in doubt, leave the tweet up. Um, so because of those comments, I think there are a lot of concerns that, you know, Twitter might sort of roll back some of the progress they've made in terms of cracking down on harassment or hate speech. Um, there is one type of uh, content that Elon does want booted from the platform, and that is spam bots um, that promote these cryptocurrency scams. Yeah, he's been involved, like people have taken, you know, his information um, and or a photo and pretended to be him to push a cryptocurrency scam. So he's seen sort of the firsthand effects of, of the damage this could do. Um, and, you know, he's talked about an edit button. At one point, he suggested that um, there is a subscription service called Twitter Blue that lets you undo a tweet. Um, he suggested uh, maybe there should be another type of check mark, not like the the verified badge that we have, but everyone who signs up to this gets a, a different check mark. And um, Twitter Blue shouldn't have ads. And there's a whole problem with the ad business in general. So there's also questions of is Twitter actually going to move towards a more subscription? Uh, type of business model than advertisement based, but he he deleted that tweet, so I I don't know what his his standing is right now on that particular topic. Uh, and I w- want to go back to the the notion of content moderation uh, because that I think that's one of the biggest questions a lot of folks have on that. Like Twitter has already run into a lot of criticism for letting misinformation spread on its platform for having lots of toxic content harassment. If he pulls back on some of the stuff, I mean, is that is that the fear? Is that the concern that a lot of this stuff will just come flooding back onto the platform? Yeah, I think that is the fear. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I talked to some free speech experts for a story and they mentioned that it's when you leave a piece of content up, that also has an impact on speech because then people on the platform might not feel comfortable speaking so then that that in effect could have a sort of chilling effect on minorities or women. If you're on Twitter um, and they still haven't really solved this issue of harassment um, and hate speech on the platform and you just feel like it's a cesspool of hate and harassment and negativity, um, you're going to be afraid to even say anything or tweet what your thoughts are because your, the fear is that a bunch of people will come after you. So like, it's not as simple as, oh, you know, content moderation is not as simple as, oh, we're going to leave something up because we're kind of not unsure about it. Um, that has an impact too. When you pull something down, when you leave something up, when you promote something, when you demote something, um, all of those are like decisions that come with trade-offs and, I think Elon Musk kind of understands that because he has said, like, I, look, I'm not saying I have all the answers here, um, but maybe if a tweet is controversial, then we just don't promote it, but we just leave it up. I think that's his stance. And 
some, you know, Twitter would draw the line and say, um, if the tweet is harmful, like there's some real world impact that could happen. Like if you say you shouldn't take um, the vaccine or something that could have like a real world impact on somebody's body or health, um, or you incite violence that also has real world impact, then at that point, the tweet should get taken down. But Elon's view has been as long as it doesn't violate any laws um, and the laws differ from country to country, that's also another complexity, then then we should leave it up. So I think people are are sort of, um, I don't know if the term right is the right term, but there is reason there. There is a reason why they are concerned, because based on what he's saying, things more content will be left up. And you made the point about uh, which I liked or appreciated was you know that you probably see fewer bans and then that Elon Musk uh, prefers timeouts. I'm curious what that means for folks who have been banned, like Donald Trump. Do you think he'll be let back on the service? Well, Elon Musk is so unpredictable that you don't really know what to say. But I will say this. Um, in the past, uh, Twitter has, whenever there's a new policy that comes out, they've said, you know, it doesn't apply to previous decisions. So the, Twitter, I don't think I've ever, I can't think of an instance where um, Twitter did something and then they said, oh, we're going to actually reverse this unless it was an error because sometimes content moderation errors happen and the policy is interpreted incorrectly and then they'll say okay we interpreted this incorrectly we're gonna not you know do we're gonna we're gonna bring the tweet back um but in terms of a permanent ban of account i've never seen them bring back like an account that was banned and say okay never mind we kind of misinterpret this we're gonna bring back this account um, I think it's, I think it's unlikely because you'll see a lot of pushback from the employees probably. And Twitter has, um, you know, kind of said to me in the past that the day-to-day -day operations of a company in terms of policies, decisions, it's made by a lot of people. It's, it's not like one person that makes these decisions. So I think it's unlikely, but Musk has come out with a bunch of surprises. So you don't know. And, you know, Trump has, Trump has said he doesn't want to get back on Twitter anyways. So, Well, he also says he'd prefer to stick with uh, Truth Social, but he's only ever posted there once. So it's really unclear what he thinks there or what he'll actually do. I'm curious what these changes, uh, how long do you think it'll take or how quickly will we see some of these changes take effect at Twitter? I was asking this question to... Um, Katie Harbath. Uh, she was like a former, she worked at Facebook. She was like a policy director there. And she said that she thinks it's going to take some time. Um, like one thing we might see is that maybe Elon will allocate less resources to content moderation. There was a question during the employee all hands about layoffs and they said no layoffs yet. Um, so the company right now is just like in a in a state of uncertainty. And, you know, the deal still has to be approved by shareholders. Um, the, you know, the T's, the, the dots have to be, whatever that saying is, you know, like everything has to be super finalized. And so that's going to take six months and everyone 
not everyone, but a bunch of employees at Twitter seem to be wondering what this means for the fact that they own stock and how will they be compensated? So there's so many questions right now that I think all those need to be sorted out. So it's probably going to take some time before any major changes happen, I think. But Elon has moved really fast on certain things. So I don't know. I mean, that's what I said. Like this man is so unpredictable. Once you think something like what you think is likely to happen sometimes doesn't actually happen. Uh, I, I guess lastly, you know, Musk says he intends to take this company private. How do you think that that changes the way Twitter operates? I don't know if it like changes the day-to-day operations, but it does. So the reason why, because we've seen this with um, other companies like LinkedIn, for example, it was a publicly traded social network. It went private after it was purchased by Microsoft. And this and this happened right after, you know, there was the stock like had plummeted. Um, so I think when a company is publicly publicly traded, they're they always have to think about more about the short-term interests of what their investors want. And if they can go private, they don't have to you know, they don't have to report earnings and say like, we have this amount of daily users and we have this amount of revenue when you have, the, we've earned this amount. And this is how this compares to what analysts had expected. Um, and when those expectations aren't met, then the stock drops and, you know, employees are, are losing money and um, shareholders get angry. And then they try to like, you know, out to CEO is running two companies, you know? So there's a lot of issues um, that actually come with being publicly traded. There's a lot of pressure. So if you can take the company private, that might eliminate some of the pressure. And then you can look at the long-term outlook of what's best for the company, which is what Zuckerberg has sort of argued with, you know, the way that Meta has their stock structure that they can, if that's a publicly traded company, but like the way that they set it up was like, basically Zuckerberg has, you know, the control of the company. So they don't have to think about something like the stock dropping and everyone kind of freaking out. Yeah. It's, uh, I'd say the counter to that is there's a lot, there's probably gonna be a lot less transparency, right. In terms of, I mean, it, if it's a private company, they don't have to disclose a lot of things. They, they don't have to talk about what they're doing. That's, is that a concern? Yeah, their advocacy groups have already brought that up as well. The fact that if a company is publicly traded and goes private, you don't get all this you know, data about the company. And Twitter is kind of already sort of a black box when it comes to content moderation. Um, so then is the company growing users? Is it losing users? Is it in financial trouble? you know, all of those questions will be much harder to answer when the company goes private because we're not going to have those earning reports with the conferences where analysts ask all these questions. Well, Queenie, thank you for your time. You can check out her story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.